is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, bitches. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer live from St. Thomas University. Uh, we're here just outside Bobcat Field. It is Saturday afternoon. We're about an hour from kickoff, and we are giving you our uh, NPSL Sunshine Conference Championship preview here with me. We're literally standing here in the parking lot. Uh, you're probably listening to this maybe 20 or 30 minutes after we're talking about it. Uh, first off, we got Drew Hausman. Drew, how you doing, buddy? Doing great, ready for uh, some Sunshine Conference uh, playoff finals going on here, and uh, hopefully Miami FC2 will advance and uh, we'll get to see some other uh, Southern NPSL teams in the neighborhood. Uh, that is what is next. That is the big prize in front of both these teams. Second, we've got Omar Mubayad. Omar, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. Sun's out, guns out, balls out? Uh, yes, but do remember this is a Catholic university, so be careful. Um, so... Uh, anyway, we like I said, we are here. Uh, the game's about to kick off. We're waiting for lineups to come out from both teams. Um, it, it's kind of a surprising game to, to close up the season, considering all the uh, the confusion and adventure that went on the last couple of months. But at the same time, coming in March and April, before a game kicks off, you probably would have predicted this final. Miami FC 2, formerly known as Miami FC, and Jacksonville Armada, both... N NASL outcasts, exiles, exiles, probably the better way to put it, uh, forced into NPSL, NPSL accepts them, puts them in the Sunshine Conference, and again, it's a longer and stranger trip than they may have anticipated, Omar, but uh, this is what we get, and again, it's it's a, it's a result that a lot of people expected. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, this was a roller coaster. As we mentioned in the preview, it's been a roller coaster of a season, right? You have the anticipation before the season's building, then you have the highs, you have the lows, you know, you have that fear like, oh, here comes a drop. Oh, no, we're not going to make it. And then when you get off the roller coaster, you are exactly where you thought you'd be, back on the platform, ready to go again. And it's almost the perfect metaphor for this story because before the season started, we thought, all right, you know, Miami FC is going to be one or two with Jacksonville. Miami United's probably got a good claim at the third spot now that the fusion have folded. And look where we are today. Jacksonville getting past Miami United, playing against Miami FC in the title game. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, pretty pretty predictable outcome. Right. Beginning of the season, you know, there were some rough patches playing United, those those two draws and then the Open Cup drop. But, uh, yeah, this is kind of what everybody predicted. Kind of stinks that we came in and swooped down on some of these amateur teams. But uh, they definitely have let their voices be heard on Twitter about uh, us being pro and them being am. But at the end of the day, we're here. It's playoff time. Uh, it's going to the game a little. Chavez is missing, kind of scared, kind of nervous. I think that's going to be the big uh, focal point for Miami FC, too, is how do they adjust for the lack of Jaime Chavez. Jaime Chavez picked up a red card in the last season, uh, the last match of the regular season. He is not playing today. And so Paul Dalglish, as head coach, as uh, conference uh, coach of the year, the, the uh, NPSL announced uh, yesterday, uh, he's got some tough decisions to make. Yeah, and I think it's just going to end up being maybe uh, Suarez and Turpak up top and trying to figure something out that way. We do have a pretty big bench and roster depth, but we've kind of, the past uh, maybe five or six games, there hasn't been too much rotation in the starting starting roster. 
And also, it being the MPSL, you get seven subs. So if you don't like what's going on in the first uh, first half, you, you're, yeah, you're you're not really uh, you're not really too cautious about making maybe making a sub and then taking that sub back out. So uh, we could see some uh, shenanigans going on up top. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think you're right. I think we'll see Suarez up top. However, when I was writing up the preview article, I didn't think we have the midfield depth for having four in the middle. Especially, what are you going to do? You're going to have two holding midfielders. You're going to play in diamond formation. Who do you have playing that six role? Because the truth is, Johnny Steele is a stopgap, yeah, against amateur teams. But how does Johnny Steele perform in a match against professionals? When was the last time he had a match against a full squad of professionals? It's been quite some time. So it really makes you wonder, you know, this could be just a 4-3-3 that sits a little farther back. You know, you got Steele, Martinez, and uh, Mares in the midfield. Probably put Suarez at the number nine spot and flank him with Don Smart and Chris Terpak on both sides. And you make your fullbacks, Tyler Pollock and Koi Kraft, and, you know, you know the tandem that's going to be in the middle, and you just need to have Vega to have a good game. I think that's kind of the recipe for success. Don't tinker with what seems to have been working. I'm really fascinated with the idea that word tinkering that you brought up. Um the first few weeks of the season was marked by Coach Dalglish tinkering. There was lots of experimentation. You had players dropping back in defense that you didn't expect to see. You had players going forward in attack you didn't expect to see. And then over the course of the last three, four weeks, the, the core of the team seemed to, to calcify a little bit, seemed to harden. Uh, and now, again, this loss of Jaime Chavez kind of throws that certainty uh, out the window a little bit. You, you know, you're 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 still working with the same core of players, but mo for the most part, most likely. But like you said, Omar, the way you plan on deploying them may force the gaffer to make some some decisions he maybe didn't anticipate making even a week ago. I mean, but that's the reality when you've lost pretty much half your club over an off season, as this club did. Yeah. And Vincenzo Ranella in the middle of the season, if you have Jaime Chavez with a red card. Your optimal replacement would have been Ranella. Ranella's no longer here. Hassan left. Hali Hassan is no longer with the club. So that, that leaves you having to tinker now in a, in a place where you shouldn't want to or you shouldn't have to. And Suarez, he's put in about six goals in his MPSL games. He has a couple more in the Open Cup. I mean, he's the only one that seems to fit. The biggest issue you have with Suarez is now you're creating, you know, a deficiency in height in the middle of the box. That's the biggest issue because Mars isn't tall. Martinez isn't tall. You don't want Steele running that much. Where's the height advantage going to be? This game is going to be different than, you know, the way they've had to formulate strategies previously. And speaking on Jacksonville now, shifting to their focus a little bit, um, we all had a chance to check out that game on Wednesday. Um, man, if you talk about wanting to kind of round into form at the right time, they looked excellent. They looked really good. Uh, and if you're Miami FC, you, it's really all hands on deck tonight. Yeah, I mean, that the, the first half of the game, I guess, probably started a little slow. But uh, also, I mean, United was missing out on a few key players, a couple injuries. But, um, yeah, man, uh, on Jacksonville, Meshach Jerome and uh, JC Banks have had exceptional seasons. They both also had exceptional games in that one. So I think those are kind of the two big players to kind of keep a lookout on the field of uh, Jacksonville's talent. And, I mean, it looks like the uh, voting wasn't too even, but their keeper also did get the uh, conference uh, goalie of the year in the voting, but uh, that came I, down to the people. But I was going to say, I'd, like to, see, I'd <laughs> like to see the way that vote broke down because I, I don't know how you can do better than, than, than Indio Vega. Yeah. It, it's hard to, hard to fathom, but you mentioned Meshach Jerome, who was also an NPSL uh, Conference 11 selection. Um, uh, he was really spectacular Wednesday night, and J.C. Banks just seemed to make it happen over and over again. Uh, as I wrote about in the recap of that game, 
Um, Miami United had a small space uh, of, of success immediately after Jacksonville's first goal, and they got a goal back. And it seemed as though it, it took Jacksonville giving up that goal to you know, the proverbial punch in the face, wake them up, and they just came out guns a-blazing to start the second half. And from there, th there was no shot. It, that game was over by about minute 47. Yeah, I think, what, five minutes into the second half or four minutes, or th they put yeah. up two goals and 3-1 and then just kept running away with the game. And United had no chance at that point. They kept playing pretty well, but uh, you could tell it was just all-around frustration. And <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but you also, like we mentioned, it, this is a different Miami United team than what started the season. This is a different yes. Miami United team than how, or I'm sorry, that one lined up against Jacksonville in the previous three matches. You know, let's not kid ourselves. Not having Nicholas Grobsov is humongous. Nicholas Grobsov, in the, in, if you want to compare his impact on the field in this league, was very equivalent to what Poku did in the NASL. Yes. Because notice what happened to United with their pace of play, with their passing, and with their, just basically their overall shots on target after he was not in the mix anymore. You know, and granted, yes, they had injuries to Ochoa, but the driving factor of that team was Garopsov, miles, you know, miles among any. And the truth is, Jacksonville exercised their demons against United in that semifinal win. Miami FC has played Jacksonville twice this season, 1-1 draw, third match of the season, then a 1-0 loss in the middle of the season on the road at Jacksonville. And now you've got Jacksonville coming back to your home turf, and, you know, maybe Miami FC can exercise some demons tonight against Jacksonville. That is what I, I'm interested to see... Uh, you know, this is a, a kind of a battle between form and consistency. Jacksonville is an excellent form to close out the season. They've done what they needed to do by and large. Miami FC, however, they for the last month, you can set your watch by them. They have oh, been yeah. remarkably consistent in their performances. Again, teeny tiny hiccups here and there, but they're getting three points every time they step on the field. Yeah, but it hasn't been convincing. You know yes. what I'm saying? There's a lot of times where Jacksonville Miami United have won by convincing margins, and Miami FC – Time and time again, maybe it's a little bit of you're expecting more out of them because this is a team you cover on a day-in and day-out basis where you haven't put up the margins that the other teams have. So what does that say, though? Is it is a simple arithmetic where if Team A beats Team B by four and your team beats Team A by three, Team A is better than you? Or is it going to be some kind of complex equation where you have that not equate? And that's not necessarily how you're going to judge the standard of both these sides. And that's going to be the interesting factor tonight because you've got a short-sighted Miami FC without Jaime Chavez. You've got a Jacksonville that, to our knowledge, is coming in at full strength. The truth here is going to be composure. I think, as you mentioned, consistency is key, but composure is even better because this game is going to get testy fast. Yeah. Yes. And the first team to lose their composure loses this game tonight. And Miami FC have had close to six red cards on the season. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is something this team has seen a lot. This is not a match where you can have a red card. You have a red card, you're done. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Whoever books most yellows probably loses this game too. So I, w I would venture to say, and, and I I'm prone to hyperbole, but I think this is going to be the first uh, – it it's going to get testy, it's going to get aggressive, but it's going to be a professional match because these guys, I, I to me, th this is what they've been playing for, yeah. you know, especially since, they, since these teams – gotten bounced by the Open Cup, both of them by Miami United, which is funny because they're, they're the, the first team out in the playoffs. But this is it. It's now or never where you do actually have a chance to play for something big. You can play for a trophy and play for something bigger, play for a regional title, play for a national title in the NPSL. You know, the, the regular season, you're gunning for position and all that, but it's all, it's all come down to this. Is it safe to say, Drew, this is much like the Heat postseason? where when the postseason starts, the season starts. <laughs> you know, because I'm, yeah. I'm wondering, like, do you feel the same way that I do? Because for a lot of these guys, 
their season starts today. This is when it matters. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess the the vets on both teams may may have a bit of a feeling that way, and probably a bit from the front offices too. I mean, if it weren't for, as I mentioned earlier, Miami's kind of rocky start, it you know, if we went into this beating those two United games, that'd totally be the case. But oh yeah, you're, yeah, these players are definitely gonna pick it up, and I. I think what you're saying as it being a very professional game too, I think that also comes into play because these are two pro teams that have played each other before this season. So you're not going to get kind of the, the wild card uh, the high school or college kid out there <laughs> trying to prove a point and, you know, go up against the uh, higher level guy making some dumb challenges. So uh, hopefully on both sides, they, uh, they're, they're well-behaved boys. So, um, again, if, if you are somehow unaware, uh, why on earth are you listening to this podcast? But uh, tonight at Bobcat Field at St. Thomas University, Miami FC 2 and uh, Jacksonville Armada are facing off for the Sunshine Conference title. Uh, again, some fans are starting to square in, and it looks like we may have a broadcaster making his way into the venue as well. We're going to drag him in. Kartik Krishnayer here with us. Kartik, how you doing, pal? You're doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We're kind of uh, we're kind of doing it a little bit more ruggedly today, uh, posting it live here. Um, again, you're going to be on the call with yep. Bruce Silverman at 7 o'clock, correct? Correct. Uh, and so we've been talking about this game now for a little bit and kind of the – the long, strange trip that it took to get these two teams that you probably would have predicted to be in this game in March um, and, the, and the way they got there. Now that the game is here, what are you looking for tonight? Well, people who didn't pay attention to the season would say, oh, this, this is what I predicted, Jacksonville, Miami in, in the final. But it's been a long, strange trip for both clubs. And um, tonight it's going to be very, very important um, for Miami FC to keep the ball, keep possession, and not have the kind of bad giveaways in defense that we've seen. Uh, during the course of the season, uh, I, um, I, I'll give a, a quick injury update. I don't know if I'm speaking out of school here, but Don Smart is um, didn't train this week for much of the week. I'm not sure. I think he'll be dressed tonight. I'm not sure if he's going to start. Now, if that's the case, then you would probably see Tyler Ruth Bennett right back, or you would probably see Shayon. McFarlane at right back, which then brings the possibility of, of Derek Gebhard and J.C. Banks and the players we've seen in the past for Jacksonville that have done damage against Miami. Even last season, in those 3-0 wins for Miami FC, there were moments in those games where Jacksonville was able to open uh, Miami FC up on the counterattack. Uh, that brings that more into play if Don can't go 90 tonight. Um, I don't know yet. I mean, obviously, the, we're, we're, we're an hour away. Decisions being made in the, in the dressing room. Sure. But... Um, there is that possibility that Don Smart may not start tonight. If Don Smart doesn't go, this is to one Jacksonville easily, easily. Just because you're, no, no. You're looking at it and you're saying, okay, if Don Smart lines up at right back where he's been lining up the last couple matches, this game I feel like he's playing more of a right wing position because you need to fill the void for Travis's attacking strength. Who do you have filling in a right back? Ruthven isn't the answer, and I think maybe Corey Kraft's the answer, but Corey Kraft's more of an attacking midfielder than he is a defensive player to begin with. Yeah, I. There's the hole for Chavez being out to begin with that needs to be filled. Uh, whether that will be uh, a, a kind of false nine situation with Dylan Maris, as we saw in a game earlier this season, can't recall which game. I mean, this game, this season, it's funny that we've only played 12, or including U.S. Open Cup 15 games. It feels How like long, it feels like it was as long as the NASL season. There have right? been about 30 lineups in yeah, 15 games. Yeah, right. Like. I, whichever game it was where we, we played Dylan centrally, um, it kind of worked. But I think the preference is probably going to be for Dario. Uh, Suarez up top or uh, Tierpak, more likely Suarez, uh, and play balls uh, from from um, side to side that he, he can run onto. Um, but you already have that problem. 
Look, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to make a prediction, but I would be concerned if Don can't play. I, I will agree with Omar on that and have been concerned since Thursday, since since I learned about the injury yeah, um, it, and have kept it to myself. <laughs> it definitely changes the math a little bit in terms of what Coach Dalglish is going to have to figure out how to how to how to fill the space. Basically, you've, you've, you've got a math problem here where you've got a certain amount of talent trying to fill in a certain space and and playing a certain style. Uh, it sounds like, again, you, you may be looking at, at what we saw a lot in the beginning of the season, that those kind of long balls playing up the field, trying to stretch out the field a little bit and give, give the back line a little bit of a break. Yeah, I, I think that's what you might see. But when you have Ariel Martinez and Dylan Mares in midfield and, and, and uh, Johnny Steele, you've got to try and keep the ball. you got to try and, and – and we saw this the other day in the World Cup with Croatia. The temptation for England to play long ball versus Croatia, who just patiently – you know, they fell behind in the game, but you have a Modric and a Rakitic. Obviously, there's no player of that caliber here, but there, there are players – that on the NPSL scale, you know, Dylan Mares and, and Ariel Martinez are, and Johnny Steele are kind of, you know, your Brozoviches and your Rakitiches and Modriches in this league. So my, my feeling would be to try and keep the ball in midfield and keep the ball moving and force Jacksonville to chase. Um, but then, you know, you have to worry about your ability to score goals without Jaime in the lineup. Uh, Dylan can shoot from distance, so you want to get him on the ball if you can. And we've seen some real resourcefulness for lack of a better term from Dario the last few weeks and his yes. ability to score goals in different ways so um, I'm optimistic I, I, I this is going to be difficult these guys have to raise their game if they play the way they have earlier in the season they'll lose tonight but they know that and I think um, and this is important and, and uh, Drew you would respect this probably more than anyone I think they understand if it had been Miami United there would have been a different psychology coming into this oh, match yeah. it being Jacksonville they know they have to raise their game we were just talking about that idea the idea of a perfect there's going to be a yeah. professional game you've got you've got players of a pro professional quality who know what it's like to play at that level going against one another it's it's going to be a different a different tone a different style doesn't mean it won't get a little physical doesn't mean it won't get a little you know but it it, it will be a different type uh so one more question though thank you for joining us again by the way um we mentioned johnny Steele before you came over here and joined us and johnny Steele hasn't played a professional match now in at least a year and a half he hasn't played against professional opposition because he didn't get into the games against jacksonville so my question for you Cardick, is do you think Steele can hold up because he's shown that he can hold up against the amateur sides against the bocas and the naples and etc you know is he going to be basically the soft target to pick if you're jacksonville yeah, uh, since 2016 it would be, since Ottawa. Right. He hasn't played, so it would be two years, actually. Uh, it was July or, no, it was, it was in the middle of 2016. So, right. yeah, that's a great point, Omar. Um, that's a good question because we saw Johnny, I think, is so important, especially without Richie and Mike here this season, Richie Ryan and Mike LaHood. Uh, sorry, I, I'm using first names, but this is, I, th I assume, I assume this is a, no, no, I assume this is a local show. I assume, I, I mean, if they're Jacksonville fans listening, I'm sorry, I, I guess I should use last names. But um, without Richie Ryan and Mike LaHood, and they're, of course, very familiar with Richie Ryan here, um, Johnny has an important role. Um, we saw some worrying signs after minute 60 against Boca. Uh, or not, was it against Boca or was it the previous game against Naples? It was one of those games where I realized, okay, he's not fully fit. He's not 90 minutes fit yet because there were mental mistakes that you don't expect from Johnny that, were, that he was making that he would not make when he's got a full tank. Um, so that's a really good question. I think um, in Miami FC is going to get as far as we all hope they get in this season, in this, this tournament. He's going to be the key. So maybe he's ramped it up. Maybe he's paced himself. He's a veteran. He's a guy with more experience than anyone um, uh, 
other than Daniel Vega on either team, uh, and maybe Keita. So I think he's ramping himself up. I'm hopeful that he can go 90 tonight. Okay, Carter Krishnair, we'll let you get inside. Thank I guess you. we've already took enough of your time, but thank you so much. We Good really luck. appreciate I'll see you guys it. Post -game. Um, so Omar's going to head in as well because you already heard his prediction. He's got to get set up to start reporting tonight. Uh, it's Drew and I, and, and yeah, let's close it out. Drew, what do you think is going to happen tonight in the NPSL Sunshine Conference Championship game? Ooh, I'll take a stab at it. I'm going to go uh, Miami FC2 winning 3 to 2, no red cards. Uh, I will you I actually had a red card prediction as well and it was no red cards I think I will put the over under on yellow cards at two and a half I think it's gonna be a very it's gonna be a cleaner game than we've we've been accustomed to and I think Miami FC win 2-1 uh, I, I do think now that news about Don Smart that you heard here first um, that's going to be an interesting factor if Smart does not get in the game you may look at extra time. You may look at, at this going long, but I, I do get the sense that Miami FC2 are going to be able to raise their level of play and, and match or teeny tiny bit beat Jacksonville, but it's going to be a good one. Again, if you do not have tickets, there are tickets available at the gate here at Bobcat Field. You ought to get out here. This is local soccer at its best. Uh, and so, again, enjoy, and you can listen to us. If you're listening to us after the game, maybe we sound like fools. But um, as always, thank you for tuning in. Yes, that's it. We, we live it on the line. Uh, Drew, thank you for joining us. Thank you, thank you. I'll see you, uh, or you'll hear me after the show, I guess, or after the game. Yes, we'll be around. We'll, pr we'll probably pop up on Periscope or something like that to recap. Uh, so until the next time you hear from us, uh, he's been Drew Hausman, Armo Mubaya, thanks to Kartik Krishnayer. I've been Matthew Bunch, and this has been Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in South Florida. Go Miami FC and go Miami Soccer. <laughs>